Our reading is on page 999, Matthew 27, beginning at verse 32. Verse 32. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him, He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. We seldom think about what Christ was wearing that first Good Friday. We know that when the soldiers had finished mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes back on him. But not for long. Friendless and already weakened beyond belief, the soldiers co-opt another Simon to carry Christ's cross. And they come to a place called Golgotha. Don't think of this human abattoir as an out-of-the-way secret venue. Golgotha was right on the public highway. The crucified one was hung like meat for all to see in public. A warning which said, don't mess with Rome. That was the point. And we're told... When they had crucified him, the soldiers divided up the clothes by casting lots. See, Christ had been stripped naked. And he was stripped so that we could be clothed. He was stripped. Think of the shame of the cross. God's beloved son, nailed to a cross, naked. And I know we don't want to look at it, we want to look away, but don't look away. Keep your eyes on him. Think of the utter shame that Jesus, your king, endured for you. Typically, a Jewish man would wear five items of clothing, 
John's Gospel tells us that at the cross they were divided among four soldiers, with the fifth item, the seamless undergarment, the tunic or robe allocated by casting lots. When they had crucified him, verse 35, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. When they had crucified him. Just three words in the original containing a participle, not even a main verb. Now, if you know anything about grammar, then you know the important bit is the verb. The lot-casting soldiers get the verb. The Lord on the cross gets a mere participle. You see, he's the sideshow. More shaming. Unlike Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, Matthew doesn't want us to focus our eyes on the blood or the gore or the nails. He wants us to see the shame, the public humiliation of the crucified Christ stripped naked. Nakedness is, of course, a symbol of shame. It stretches right back to our first parents, Adam and Eve, who disobeyed and dishonored the Lord. They were naked and became ashamed. They knew they did wrong. They knew also that they were wrong. So they tried to hide from the Lord. Well, the nakedness of Jesus symbolizes our shame before God. The everlasting shame we deserve to endure in hell. That shame we see him endure at Golgotha. It's not only a physical stripping that Jesus endured, as if that wasn't enough. Almost everyone present gives him a spiritual dressing down. The crowd dress him down as they pass by, hurling insults at him, shaking their heads at him. The chief priests and the rest of the religious leaders, they dress him down. They insult him in the same way. The criminals, even the criminals dress him down in the same way they heaped insults on him. See, altogether, the crowds, the chief religious guys, and the criminals launch what is nothing less than a satanic attack on Christ and on his identity. If you are the Son of God, does that ring any bells? But we know, of course, that ancient prophecies are being fulfilled here, many of them. Psalm 22, verse 7, all who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Or verse 18, they divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. I could go on with others. Satan's strategy to strip Christ of his honor and messianic identity is being countered by a divine design. Christ was stripped, 
so that we could be clothed. With multiple dramatic ironies here, our Lord Jesus' enemies teach us the truth of what's going on. Here are just a couple. First, the man mocked as king is king. The written charge proclaims, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And for those of us in the know, not only the Jews, he's the king of the nations. Second, the man who can't save himself is saving others. And he saves them not by coming down from the cross, but precisely by staying on the cross. That's why Christians through the ages have insisted that Christ reigns from the cross. Because in his nakedness, he is clothing those who would believe. When Adam realized he was naked, he tried to hide. He couldn't. Nor can we. Like him, we have dishonored God. We are naked. Look at the cross and we see our own nakedness. See, his humiliation is actually our humiliation. But keep looking at the cross. And we see that at the cross we can be clothed. Clothed in the robe of his righteousness. When we stand before Christ at the judgment throne, we need to be wearing robes made white in the blood of the Lamb. We need his beauty. We need the robes of Christ and he was stripped so that we could be clothed. On that first Good Friday, the soldiers cast lots for Christ's robe. One of them took it home with him that day. I wonder if he ever put it on. It cost him nothing. But it was only his because Christ was crucified. On the last day, when Christ the King looks at us, what will we be wearing? Will we be naked before God in shame or clothed in Christ's robe of righteousness? See, for us who believe, we can say, not only I am forgiven. But we can say that when I stand before the throne, dressed in beauty not my own, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. Let's take a moment to reflect in quiet. <laughs>